This is Kim Delmonico, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 60, entitled Unhappy. And before we get started, we just want to basically say to everyone, Happy New Year. This is one of our first episodes. We've got a featured guest today who has basically captured my attention, not only in who she is as a person, but what she does for her job and and the business that she's running and all the great things that she's been able to do uh, throughout the past several years of owning her business. And so as I get started with that, I'm going to start out with a quote. And the quote says, when life is unhappy, it's hard to endure. When it's happy, it's hard to think of its terrible ending. Both amount to the same in the end. Pretty deep quote when you think about, you know, our subject that we're going to talk about today, unhappy, and our featured guest that we have on board, who is basically taking a whole different perspective on literally everything she's doing in life. And, you know, it started out down the traditional path, and now it's gone in a completely different direction. And I'll tell you that this young lady is uh, quite, quite remarkable. And so as I jump in to introduce our featured guest today, our special guest is a lawyer who has transitioned into the world of marketing. She's an author. She's a journalist. She's a full-time digital nomad. Yes, people, I said digital nomad. Believe me, I had no idea what a digital nomad was until I spoke with her. And she's the founder and CEO of BeInfluence.com, or excuse me, .co, an inventor of marketing agent, excuse me, an innovation marketing agent that helps brands with their social media campaigns and overall web presence. She's originally from upstate New York where she attended NYU, where she got her BA in psychology and a minor in broadcast journalism. She went to law school at basically uh, William S. Boyd School of Law in Las Vegas. She began her company, BeInfluence.co, six years ago when she recognized there was a growth in social media management, marketing, or excuse me, social media management for business. Be Influence is a boutique marketing agent that specializes in social media management, influence marketing, live events, branding, websites, graphic design, coaching, and search engine optimization. Her team and, and her provide a digital consultancy service primarily for clients in the legal, medical, technology, lifestyle, health, wellness, nutrition, and mindful spaces. She's also an author of a forthcoming book, Social Media Marketing, Learn Social Media in 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, which is geared towards helping smaller businesses and branding their online presence. She's a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. She loves yoga, her Peloton bike, and traveling. And before I get to the last nugget of just how many countries she's visited, I also want to chime in that she's a proud advocate for gender equal pay movement that aims to close the gap between the salaries of men and women. And the last tidbit of information before I let her speak, she's traveled to over 41 countries. And as far as I'm aware, 
that wasn't be, being a part of a military establishment. So, Kim, Delmonico, welcome aboard. We love having you here. Um, this is uh, this is rather unique. I mean, we got a lot to talk about, and so let's let's job let's let's kind of jump right in. Any opening remarks from you? I just want to say Happy New Year, and thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I, I think the first thing I'm going to say here is uh, 41 countries. I, I can't even remember if I've gone to 41 countries or not. I mean, walk us through <laughs> what that's like. I mean, that that is just, uh, that's a lot of traveling. <laughs> it is, but I've always been passionate about travel um, since I first started doing it. And I just really like immersing myself in other cultures, spending some time there and, you know, seeing how other people live and, you know, spending quality time there. So it's not just a quick trip in and out, but maybe spending a couple of weeks in a place and, you know, getting to know a neighborhood and kind of make it your own. Right, right, right. So the 41 different countries, um, was that over a span of what, what's five years or three years, 10 years? I mean, give give us an idea of what type of span of time was that? I'd say the bulk of it was done over maybe the past 15 years or so. Okay. 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 Very nice. Very nice. So one of the things I want to dive into before we jump into kind of our, our subject of, of unhappy is that you started out as a lawyer in the world of marketing and then you've 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 transitioned into basically being a business owner and obviously from my opening remarks you're helping a lot of different vertical sectors so walk us through kind of what made you change from being a lawyer into a small business owner well, when I graduated law school, the first thing I did is I was a clerk for the Nevada Supreme Court, and I did that for two years. And when I got out of that job, I got recruited by a digital marketing company based in Las Vegas. And it was kind of an in-house counsel position where I'd be working with a company representing their interests, uh, negotiating contracts, doing business deals and things like that. And because it was a smaller company, I got involved in all aspects of what the company did. And the company ran websites. Um, it's when people were just starting to do advertising on Facebook, Instagram. And I saw this um, market just opening up and I realized, you know, this is where the future is going. And, you know, people need help marketing on Facebook. They need help with their Instagram. And I met a lot of people who owned small businesses who needed help with this. And they knew that I worked for this company and that I knew a little bit about how to do it. So they started asking me for advice. And I realized, wow, there's this there's this market that's really just going to explode in digital marketing. So I took what I learned there and decided to do my own thing. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that insight with us. And so at, at what point in time did you realize um, with your, with your prior job that you were, you were unhappy, you, you really wanted to be your own boss or some of the indications there that were driving you towards uh, starting your own business? Well, when you work for other people, you're on their schedule, their timeline. Um, you know, it's going into the office each day in the morning and staying there until the job's done and, you know, just being on someone else's schedule. And 
being someone who just loves to travel and explore and, um, you know, travels the other cultures, I knew that I wanted to have a job where I could kind of set my own schedule, work when I wanted to work, take vacations when I wanted to take vacations. And being a lawyer doesn't necessarily lend itself to that quite easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, lots, lots of hours, uh, certainly being an attorney, but, you know, in the same aspect, you know, I'm a small business owner as well. You know, there's a lot of hours that you spend, you know, working as a small business owner and at, or as an entrepreneur, but obviously you do have the flexibility. And so let's talk a little bit about some of the obstacles that you've had to, to overcome in order to achieve the type of success that you've had. Well, I think as a small business owner, um, it's, you know, you get to do a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you decide to do, choose to do marketing like I did, it's not just about doing the marketing, but you're also the person who's responsible for bringing in the clients, you know, doing the accounting, just, you know, every aspect of business. It's not, you know, a, a company with many different departments and many different people in each department taking on each role. You're the boss in charge of everything. And, you know, even if you bring on other people on your team, you're the person who's just in charge of directing everyone, because even if you bring on a great team member, they don't know what to do unless you direct them because it's your business. Ultimately, you're responsible for everything. So transitioning from being someone else's employee where, you know, I got direction on which way to go to having it be, um, me and everything about how I wanted my business to be was a big transition. And also, you know, when I started my business, um, it was just social media management that I focused on. But as my clients started to ask for more services, I realized I could go very wide and offer a very wide um, amount of services to the clients. But you know, maybe that wasn't the best direction for me. Maybe it was uh, better for me to focus on, you know, one particular aspect. So it's just a learning curve of trying to do everything or focusing on one specific thing that you're really great at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as it stands right now in Be Influence and the size of your, your existing team, um, have you basically delegated some of those hats? Because I know sometimes as a business owner, it's very hard to to delegate when you're first starting out. You've got six years in business now. You've had a lot of success. And um, so so how does that work out for you as far as the delegation of, of, of some of the tasks that you, you may have seen in the past that were, that were pretty much uh, well endowed with you being the lead or, or taking the lead on those tasks? I think... In general, um, when new business comes in, I'm still the person that handles uh, the new clients coming in. But once um, the role, the tasks are established of what needs to be done, I have you know a person that handles the design work, a person that'll handle writing, a person that handles uh, managing different accounts. So um, there's definitely been uh, assigning out roles as time has gone on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when we when we take a step back into, you know, the mindset that you had when you were stepping away from the, say, the lawyer transition and then kind of moving into your own business, was there ever any fear of of uh, a failure? Was there ever any doubt that you would not succeed? 
I mean, what what were some of those additional obstacles that you had to overcome? And I guess one of the things that I'm looking at is is really like, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, we find, like you said earlier, you know, you're not happy with the job. You're not happy with the project. You're not happy with your boss. I've gone through a lot of that. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs that have started up companies that that have kind of gone from an employee an employee perspective into a small business perspective. You know, when you look at the common denominators, they all kind of fall into different buckets. So with the buckets of, of let's just say, you didn't want to, you know, be mindful of, of being under someone else's regime. Uh, maybe the projects you were not working on were, were fulfilling. Maybe there was just this burning desire to kind of step out and do on your own. I mean, for me, I always recognize that after I achieved a level of success or what I would consider to be, you know, optimum plateau with the project or with the company that I was working for in the past, I felt that I wasn't fulfilled. I felt like things were never going to go in the direction that I wanted them to go, even though I felt that I was prepared for promotion. They didn't want to give me a promotion. I felt maybe like I wanted to make more money. They didn't want to give me more money. And so it was all these kind of resentment type things that led me to really go, you know what? I think I'm better off on my own. What were some of those mindset thoughts that were going through your mind at the time that you made that transition? Well, uh, I think you touched on a couple points in the beginning. You were, <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, you were talking about um, fears and things like that. And when you when you mentioned fears, I remember thinking that you know I went to law school for three years and you know spent a lot of time you know dedicated to the law studies, and then I worked for maybe three years as an attorney. And that's after, you know, studying for the bar in two states and, you know, putting a lot of time into this career. And, you know, it's something that you can be proud of. You know, my parents were so excited, you know, our daughter's lawyer, you know, and it's one of those steady, solid careers you can just count on. You know, you can work for a law firm, you make really great money doing this job that, you know, is well-respected. And it's just this, you know, very stable thing that you have. And then when you go and decide to do your own thing, it, it is scary because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you don't have this paycheck every month, these benefits, you have to figure it all out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning with any business, you know, you get clients come in and maybe there's a, a lot of clients and projects one month. And then the next month, you know, things finish up, people don't have money anymore. And all of a sudden, you know, you're scrambling for new clients. So it's, it's definitely this uncertainty that gets introduced into your life. And it's about, um, you know, if you want to go out and, you know, find that work for yourself and hustle for yourself instead of just, you know, going into work, clocking in and, you know, getting work handed to you and a paycheck handed to you that's steady every month. When you're working for yourself, once you get into the the rhythm of it and you figure things out, you know, the harder your work, the the returns come in exponentially for you. It's not just, you know, if you're working for someone else, you're making money for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. You know, as I look back on that time and as I was listening to you talk, you know, I, I think probably the number one thing for me, at least based on where I am, I I think I might be significantly older than you, but you know, (laughs) I never ask a woman her age, right? (laughs) But, but but anyway, you know, at, at the time that, 
you know, I've been, I've had my companies now for, you know, over 25 years. And so at the time that I kind of veered out of what I would consider to be corporate America, employee W2 type of role, you know, my unhappiness, you know, kind of led to, I want to say one being the creativity aspect of knowing that you, you have the capability and the skill sets that are very transferable to move into other dimensions of your life. But then it was, it came down to the fact of all of the knowledge, like you, you, you spotted on something very, very early on, you know, all the knowledge that you have, you know, the different hats that you have to do. And there's one story that I'm just going to share with you and our listeners. <clears throat> I remember the first time that I filed my taxes, you know, with my very first company and, you know, to, to kind of disclose, uh, to a certain, you know, roundabout number, it was, it was a six figure type of tax bill. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, it was one of those things where I said to myself, Oh my God, this is my first year in business. I'm, I've got a six figure, you know, tax bill that I've got to pay. I said, something's not right here. You know, I was just, it's just out of coincidental, you know, aspect that you go hire a CPA, you're thinking they're working on your best behalf. They're doing all these things behind the scenes, you know, validating your QuickBooks every month, close out, so forth and so on. And, and then, you know, you get to the, the end of the road and here it is, you're, you're, you're like shell shock. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself, this is like a couple of days before you're supposed to submit. You know, I went into my CPA's office. And I said, look, I said, how, how is this possible? How, how do I have such a large, you know, debt to the IRS based on the fact that, you know, we've worked in all these different states and he goes, oh yeah, you've worked in all these different states, but we filed your taxes under a single state. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I knew back then, like you said, wearing all these different hats that, the tax laws in some states were different than other states. And so therefore your tax percentage of what you worked, you know, for as earnings were going to be different. And so, you know, by the time I got through and just did a rough calculation of everything, I realized that we didn't owe, you know, a six figure, but, you know, at that point in time, you're having to like, go find another CPA. You're having to do this, you're having to do that. And all these things start to, you know, kind of take shape. Like you said, a lot of this, uncertainty that that falls into play. And then it was just one of those things where, you know, after I finally got through that, I said to myself, I said, there's got to be a better way. And I think for me, one of the early lessons of just the simple fact of being unhappy, leaving corporate America, and then trying to transition into business, you know, for myself, was genuinely trying to find individuals that not only believed in your vision, but respected who you are as a person, and they were always going to be in your court, not to just be a yes person, but to tell you the empirical facts of the truth. Because sometimes people get into your court because they know you're making money, and they want to tap into that source of money just so that it provides them with some residual. And then you have people that are very genuine in the aspect of what they do as a service for your small business to ensure that you are able to be successful. One of the unique things that I started to adopt back then was anytime we brought on a service, I took them through a very rigorous interview, just like I would do for any candidate that works for me. And I basically told them, this is a competition. 
I'm like, you're not the first, you're not the last, you're somewhere in the middle. But I want you to be, you know, aware of this upfront because for me, I can't be forced to be back in the situations that I had been in in the past and be shell shocked with these exuberant amount of numbers that would be coming at me saying that, hey, this is what you owe for for your tax bill. And it was it was just one of those things where I just had to recalibrate the mindset and say, I'm doing things based on me being successful, my companies and my brands being successful, and not just in business to pay Uncle Sam. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, have you gone through anything like that in, 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 in your perspective? <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean um, in that when you delegate things, you have to be careful about who you're delegating them to and also know that in the end, if it's your business, you're responsible for it. And, right. you know, um, if I hire someone to run social media for one of my clients, you know, I'm supervising it all because, you know, I can... I can teach the person how to do it, give them the methodology to do it and, you know, have them be responsible for it. But in the end, if there's something posted that uh, doesn't fall in line with what the client wants or, you know, that was overlooked, it doesn't come on the person that I hired to do the role. It comes on me because it's my company and because my client hired me to do the job. And, you know, even though you delegate something, you can't just say, Oh, you know, it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, honestly, um, you know, when you mentioned earlier about the fact of not knowing where your next paycheck was going to come from, you know, the, the endurance of, of knowing that, you know, over a period of time, like you said, not having a project, or not being able to understand if you do have employees or consultants, you know, how, how are these people going to continue to get paid as, uh, as your bank accounts getting dwindled and dwindled down, you know, the things <clears throat> that occurred for me early on back then is those became motivators, you know, because, and I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, I always had this, this kind of, glaring bad you know cloud that basically said you know if you don't succeed as a small business owner and you've got to go back into the employee sector of a steady paycheck you know psychologically for me i had already kind of programmed myself that that just represented failure and it was like i have to stay on the side of the entrepreneurial fence I have to continue to persevere, be resilient, continue to grow, continue to learn and nurture those type of things and and just move my life in that direction. Because stepping back into, like you said, that nine to five grind, that was the quintessential aspect of unhappiness with a big red X on it for me. And I was just like, there's no way I ever want to go back to that that spot, you know? (laughs) I know what you mean. Um, You know, sometimes when, you know, you're responsible for everything and, you know, making sure that your people get paid and, you know, managing everything, it's a lot of work. And, you know, sometimes you think, wow, would I ever go back to working for someone else? And then I realize how much I value my time and my freedom and the flexibility and getting to be creative and take on the clients that I want. And um, I know that I chose the right 
life for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly we're, we're definitely very proud of, of what you're doing and uh, just the great work you're doing out there and so many different verticals. Um, you know, it's, it's commendable. It's uh, quite outstanding, you know, particularly as it relates to, you know, the different areas that, that your business is really supporting the small business owner and really getting their presence out there. And I think nowadays the presence of a small business owner, particularly as it relates to what has happened with COVID, and if you didn't have a social media platform or if you didn't have a voice on social media, <clears throat> now you're far, far too late in getting into the game because everybody is online at this point in time. I mean, there's just, there's just no way around it. And, you know, you're, you're listening to a guy that basically is saying that because it's only been 15 months for me and my organizations for me to kind of get into the game, because for the longest period of time, I was just not a component of the Facebook, the marketing, the branding, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, having a brand awareness, brand messaging, all these different things. It was just like, that's not me. You know, I, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But for whatever reason, something came over me through my life coach and my wife and so forth and so on. And, you know, we got a head start before COVID actually hit. And now our brands are still flourishing and, and growing the way that they're supposed to. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> certainly, I don't think I would have been there if I wouldn't have had the people around to kind of push me in that direction. So I guess one of my questions to you would be is when you find clients or customers that have that kind of same mindset, because maybe they're thinking, hey, this is going to be too expensive. This is going to be something that I'm unfamiliar with. How do you coach those people into helping them understand that the value your business brings forward is going to be, uh, you know, very impactful to their bottom line? Well, I think everyone understands how important social media is these days. Um, mm -hmm. Even even the last holdouts, they they know what it is. They know that they should have it. They just maybe don't know how to go about it. Uh, and they're intimidated by it. They don't, they hear about all these different platforms and they don't know which one to choose. So when I work with a new client, one of the first things that I do is try to figure out who their ideal demographic and customer is and place them with the right social media platform for that demographic and then come up with a strategy with them about how to reach them on that platform. Uh, because every every person, every brand is really different. And depending on who you're trying to reach, maybe you want to spend all your time Facebook, Facebook marketing, or maybe you want to, you know, get involved with Snapchat and TikTok because that's where your uh, customers are. So mm -hmm. um, there's different ways to reach these audiences and, you know, different branding strategies. Um, a lot of the clients I work with really do want to focus on Instagram and Facebook and Instagram has really become popular over the past few years. And, mm -hmm. um, people want to talk about influencer marketing strategies and, you know, ad spending and things like that. And it's just, um, there's not just a set formula. It's kind of coming up with an individualized strategy for each business and, you know, following best practices to get there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> totally agree with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
happen to be losing my voice here. Today, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's not a good thing. So, no, especially for someone with a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite, quite funny. So, so, you know, my team did a little bit of, uh, did a little bit of investigative work and, you know, they came across something that I, I, I said to myself, I don't even know how I can bring this into the dialogue and to the discussion, but you know, I think we're at the point right now where, you know, we can start kind of talking about some of the inspirational things and advice and various things that that really kind of channel you as an individual and maybe some 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 tips that you can give back. And so what I want to share with you is my team ran across this and I was like, oh, wow. It basically says at one point in time in your career, um, you were working as a waitress in the 4040 club. And and basically, uh, you encountered Desiree Perez. And for those that are listening to this podcast that may not know who Desiree Perez is, she is the COO of Rock Nation, um, which obviously they've got branding, they've got clothes, they've got music. I mean, there's just so many things that they're doing um, definitely out there in the cultural awareness and in the hip hop communities. And so I understand that you were inspired by her. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, when I worked for the 4040 Club, it was many, many years ago before I went to law school. Um, and yeah, I was a cocktail waitress in New York. And then I went, I traveled with them to Vegas to open up the Vegas location. And Desiree was the managing partner and she ran the nightclubs and I was just inspired by, you know, a strong, powerful woman who, you know, ran the company and, you know, the business partner. And then from her role managing just the 4040 nightclubs where she was partners with Jay-Z, she became, became the COO of Rock Nation, which is huge. And then just this past year, she was named the CEO. So she's the CEO of Rock Nation. And I just think that's really incredible. And she was um, my manager when I was there. And I just always looked up to her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, like, you know, based on the quote that we read from the article. And I think, you know, your advice when you stated pursuing success in your own career. And the quote basically says... Find someone who is in the place that you want to be. Find out what it took for them to get there. Reach out, ask for advice, help, and mentorship. And those are your exact words. I mean, I'm kind of going like, hey, you know, you're you're spot on. I mean, that that's that's that couldn't be more true than than the statement. I mean, it's it's uh, it's how people grow and it's how people uh, advance in life, particularly for those that are willing to to put up the courage and 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 basically uh, have the guts to to kind of move forward. And so, Kim, since we're almost out of time, do you have two or three tips? that you may have for our listeners? Wow. Two or three tips. Uh, that's so general. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, I, I think like, you know, we've had a lot of fun, you know, there's been, there's been some laughter, right. But <clears throat> let me just rephrase that question because my, I thought I felt my voice starting to kind of cork out on me there, but you know, as it relates to your success 
and your growth, not only in your company, but who you are, the transformation that you've had, you know, and going from, you know, a, a legal, you know, lawyer uh, role into now being a full-time digital nomad. You know, a lot of people have a hard time trying to relate the transitional aspect, you know, like, you had skills over here, now you're doing something over here, but really those skills are kind of transferable. And you found out a way to basically blend those two worlds together in a dimension that work for you. And so basically what I'm asking at this point is what would be some of those things that you would recommend for anyone that is unhappy in the current career path that may be looking to do a change? Well. What I would recommend is, you know, doing that soul searching yourself and trying to, you know, figure out something that you might be interested in, you know, maybe finding a person who has that role that you want and maybe just reaching out and asking if they don't mind having a call with you, a chat with you. Um, someone actually did this to me recently. They found me um, and they sent me a really personalized note about, you know, the things they admired about what I'd done with my career. And if I wouldn't mind chatting with them for 15 minutes about it. And I thought that was really nice to get a note like that. And I did talk to the girl who, you know, was a recent college grad. And I think that people are open to things like that, as long as it's, um, you know, personalized you don't want to get a, a mass note on LinkedIn message, but if you can tell that the person is actually genuinely interested and, you know, has specific questions that you might be able to help them with, I think people don't mind helping. So, um, you know, reach out and, you know, send that email to someone you admire, you know, you never know who's going to respond and you might, you know, get some great words of advice from them or develop some type of, you know, mentorship relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, after all, that's, uh, that's how we reached out to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You just sent me that the is, DM. <laughs> that's right. It's like, wait a minute, what is a digital nomad here? You know, so, <laughs> So this has been fun, Kim. Certainly, uh, like I said, we're almost out of time. We definitely appreciate you coming on board. And before we wrap up, I've got one other just quote here for those that that are still looking for that inspiration, you know. And a quote basically starts out like this. It says, life is loss, waiting for the happiest moments, and only realize you've lived them once they've become memories. That's right, people. You know, I, I don't know where I find these quotes at, but you know, <laughs> they always seem to resonate. And uh, if there's any examples or any words of wisdom that come from this is basically aspire to live out your dreams. If you're not happy, make the change, have the courage, have the ambition, have the guts to step out and at least try. Because when you don't try, you never know what the answer may be. And Kim, this has been a blessing. This has been an honor. You know, I'm looking forward, besides a podcast, hopefully maybe doing some business with you. You know, I've got three small businesses that, you know, we're looking at all different types of marketing in various different ways with different types of audiences. And so there's a, there's a beginning to us connecting with you. And uh, certainly... Thank you very much for being on board. And uh, 
with that being said, folks, this has been episode 60, Unhappy. Kim, we'd like to say goodbye and thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye, people. Bye-bye.